0: Hey friends, this is Karis. I uh, just wanted to hop on here before the episode started to give a quick um, disclaimer. So you'll notice that my audio specifically is a little bit echoed. I made the mistake of being in a room that wasn't great for recording. So my apologies for that. But yeah, it won't happen again. And I just wanted to put that out there before um, the episode started. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. And I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Friends and Vet Med. It is Taylor, and Karis is here. And it's a special episode because we have our first guest. Yay, Yay, Melissa. Melissa. So, Vimcast, applications, everything under the sun that we remember from our time with applying for vet school. So, Karis came up with the bright idea of having an episode um to highlight that just for those that are applying in the application process thinking about it x y and z and our lovely classmate melissa so she's so awesome and gracious to provide us with the opportunity to talk with us about her vimcast experience agreed to be here so we're really excited um especially with you being our first guest we're honored to have you and we're very honored. thank you so much for coming right to just share your story with us and kind of help with inspiring other people um throughout this process because it can be it can have its roller coaster rides um with it so thank you for that so thank you for having me i'm excited of course all righty so vimcast season schools are accepting applications or starting to um so mel whenever you started applying or basically how about you just kind of let us know how your application process was like from the very beginning to the very end just whatever you'd like to share how how did that go for you
2: so um, I have applied a couple times <laughs> more than a couple. Um, so I've definitely gotten different experiences each time in a, in a good way. some some ways are a little more stressful than others. Um, it's definitely a t- it's definitely a time consuming process not in a bad way necessarily. it's just you really have to make sure that you're getting everything on there that you think uh, is good for the inter- or for the application and that you're you're highlighting yourself in a way that stands out to the committee and everything. So that's the biggest reason for the time commitment. Um, you know, the definitely starting earlier is better. I've had moments where I didn't start soon enough. And I felt like I was rushing at the end. And then I've had moments where I felt like it was pretty streamlined and everything went as well as I could have hoped it to go. Um, My first time applying, definitely, I didn't know a whole lot. Um, I was very uh, under-informed. I was right out of undergrad. uh, Didn't have a whole lot of people mentoring me in terms of the application itself. So I just kind of went for it. And I had... I had some experience, but I wasn't sure if it was really enough to, to, you know, really show them that this is what I wanted to do with my life. Right. Um. So I I did it as a let's see how this goes, um, not knowing the result, fully aware that there was a chance I could not get in, and I was okay with that um, because mm-hmm. I knew that I knew that I would have to work on some things. So if if I ended up not getting in, then I could move forward still. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it was probably the hardest part was for me anyways, was trying to figure out how to get people to write letters of recommendation. Um, I'm someone that doesn't like talking about herself in general. So having to find somebody that's going to speak highly of you, you really have to think of that. And you do want to find somebody that's going to say the right things about you, not like, oh, I don't know why this person wants to be a vet. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not what you want. Um, So I definitely had to think hard on that and, and do it. I did it, that was one of the first things I did because I knew that that process took the longest since they had to write the letter, they have their own lives, they shouldn't just stop for me. So um, that was the, probably the hardest but most important part of the application in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the first round I I didn't get in, that was hard, but it was somewhat expected. So it, it didn't burn as much. Right. Um, but the uh, the following times, I just I improved each time. I stacked on each experience and made sure that I improved my application each time mm-hmm. and made it a more competitive um, com- application for them to look at. Yeah, um, I
0: was going to speak to like
2: how you said, and you um, you c- like you wouldn't have been. You said
0: you wouldn't have been surprised if you didn't get in the first time around. And I think that was kind of my my thought process when I was at undergrad as well. Um, just because I didn't, I took a year off because I didn't feel ready. I was like, I was so ready. Like, I wanted to apply, but I was like, I'm really wasting so much money because I know I'm not, I just know I'm not <laughs> getting to get in just because of like certain grades and like certain um, classes that I wanted to
2: retake and stuff
0: like that. So, um, and I wanted to ask her like, how many times, how many schools did you apply to in your first um, go through?
2: My first go, I applied to University of Penn because I lived in Pennsylvania. So I had the best chance of getting in there. That was literally really the only reason because that was my best chance. Um, And then I applied to uh, the Virginia Tech School. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the only two. I kept it pretty minimal that time because, again, I knew that mostly my veterinary experience was lacking. So I Mm -hmm. knew that that probably was going to have the cards against me a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's who I applied first. And then I added a few more the second time, uh, including, you know, just schools everywhere. Cause I am, I like diversity. I love experiences everywhere. I love to go on adventures. So I don't limit myself to just a region or an area. I just go where I think that, you know, I would have the best chance at an education. Mm -hmm. And then the third round I only applied to one school is kind of, um, you know, just on a whim a little bit. It was always the goal to go to school, but I wasn't planning to apply that year. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth and final time I applied and that's when I got accepted into St. George.
0: Okay. So the fourth time, final time, was did you have like two or three still on like the list?
2: Oh yeah, I had, mm-hmm. I think I had it up to five, including St. George's. So, okay. um, and, you know, I definitely had, learned a lot more about the schools in the Caribbean in general than I had known prior. Um, so that's why um, it was the first time for me applying because I didn't know a whole lot and I wasn't willing to apply to a school that I wasn't really sure about. Yeah. Um, so.
1: so my question in regards to that is like, what, what would have been your ideal school that, not necessarily ideal, but what was the school that you wanted with all your heart of hearts to get into?
2: So, um, you know, when I started this whole journey, though, I have a lot of experience in small animal, uh, large animals, where my passion is. Uh, so I really wanted to get into large animal medicine. And I had looked at a few programs, but I I was really uh, intrigued by the one, the program at Iowa State and then Kansas State. Mm-hmm. So those two were my main, they were like top, you know, either one was fine with me. I didn't have one over the other in terms of I would rather go to this place versus the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really was just their program and how much they did with large animal and things like that. And of course, all the schools do stuff with large animal, but I just, I don't know what it was. I was drawn to those two schools. And plus they were somewhere different. So it was something different to try than what I normally was used to.
1: So are you happy that you're at SGU in regard to not getting into Kansas State or Iowa State? I'm I'm not sure if you like the last time you applied that you got accepted to either of them, but like, are you happy that you're at SGU versus like being there?
2: You know, I, I didn't know at the time how much, how much, how grateful I would be to be at SGU. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got the phone call Initially, it was just, oh my gosh, I got accepted into vet school. I could not. I was in shock. I just didn't know. And I hadn't mentioned that I applied to anyone at work. So I definitely had to keep it in. I couldn't be overly excited because I knew that people would question a lot. And I I was trying to figure out how to break it to them, that that's what was going on um plus the fact that I was having to move out of the country in a month it was because I found out about a month before we had to leave to come to the island Whoa. so I definitely had a lot on my mind initially uh-huh. but um pretty much from the day I started classes I just knew that this is where I was meant to be hmm. um you know I may have felt that way at a different school. I won't know that, but um, it's definitely, it's it's seeming more and more as I go along that this was my destiny. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm supposed to be, like the people I meet, the co- the professors, and it just it just really seems like a good fit. So I'm extremely um, grateful that I got a chance to, to be here specifically. And I, I definitely don't have any regrets at all.
0: I That's been. awesome. Yeah, I feel like I can definitely improve, um, relate to that sentiment. And even in our online space now, I still feel the same, like I still feel like I'm, just, I'm gonna come in the right spot, you know? So that's yeah. good, I'm glad that you feel that way. Um, and then I wanted to ask you, so it sounded like you were working, um, I guess, while you're in your application class all through before Fed School. So were you in tech and then also um, when you were changing your application each cycle, was it just, were you just adding more screens? Is that the only thing you're really changing in your applications?
2: Yeah, so I started out being an assistant, knowing that I actually got my first job. I volunteered at the vet clinic first when I was in undergrad, and then they offered me a job because I was graduating the next year, and they offered me a job as an assistant, so I got to do that, Um, and, you know, in the beginning of my career, I was very open about my veterinary career goals, and not that as as I moved forward, I got ashamed, it just, I just... Wasn't sure, you know, each time that you don't get in, you tend to think like, "Is maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I need to consider other options. Who knows? But, you know, I kept pushing through and then I was a tech, like more than an assistant for 13 years, a long time. Um, I made sure that I got new experiences because I'm the type that needs to be challenged and I need to have new and exciting things coming in, because if I'm stuck in the same thing all the time, I tend to get bored. So I knew that about myself. And so I, and I knew that diversity was really important with with your experience on your application. So I made sure that I was finding new things to do. and, And also I wanted to know all aspects of the field. I didn't want to come in and be like, I only know how to give vaccines to dogs and cats. Like I knew that I wanted to find out what it meant for different areas of of veterinary field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I each application cycle, each time what I did is, yes, I added my new experiences, but I also built on the ones I had. So I made because I usually you, you do a, a description of what you're you know, what you did in that position. And I would make it sound more scholarly is the wrong word, but sound a little better because it, it and not sounds so robotic, you know, mm-hmm. or list like. Um, so I definitely built on that and tried to make my application stronger each time just and even if it was like rearranging or maybe I forgot an experience from the last time and let me make sure I put that one on this time. So I definitely used my my uh, on the job training and skills to to help build my application.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's important to emphasize, like how you said, you kind of tweak your wording. And I think that's important because if you like a lot of us are doing the same stuff as far as like working in small clinics. So, you know, definitely just emphasizing like there's a way to say things to make it seem like, oh, um this just your vet assistant skills are can, can be seen as more like just I guess more I don't know what I'm trying to say but you know what I'm saying just like changing the wording I think is important just like we do going doing like our resumes and like, our CDs yeah
1: so like what makes you different from the other vet tech or vet assistant that's here like what about you is is different I, I understand what you're saying cares um yeah so, like go ahead sorry oh I was just gonna say like instead of saying oh I'm an examiner nurse like saying like oh I'm the first
0: point of contact with the client and I am I'm responsible for relaying like the history and treatment plan to you know like yep. stuff like that yeah, yeah
1: so so Mel in the midst I know you said like the last time you applied nobody knew but whenever you were applying for school did you have the people know and were like like your support system during that time or, or excuse me not during that time, but during the times you were applying, did you have a support system or anybody that just kept pushing you to go, or was it all self-motivated?
2: Very, I I definitely had a great support system. The constant support that I've had for much of my life, and it's been a lot more, especially with vet school and applications and all that, is my dad. He is a huge influence on me in general and in my life. And he, of course, is always the one that even when times are good or bad, he's always right there, um, you know, to to give me some good fatherly advice and, and let me know that you're doing the right thing, even when I'm not sure it's the right thing. And, you know, it's it's been great having that support. I, I know that not everyone's as fortunate and I am sad for them for that, because I think everyone deserves that support, um, no matter if it's a parent or anybody Um, I just think that everyone needs to have that extra bump because you know we're all human we don't necessarily we're not great at cheering for ourselves all the time so it's good to have that that support. Um, I also had very good friends that you know select friends I didn't tell all of them but that they were very supportive of what I was doing. Uh, pushing me. They wouldn't ask about it all the time um, because obviously they knew I had applied a few times. So they knew that if they kept asking about it, it would just get me worked up. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it was more one of those, like, I just want to know when I know type mm-hmm. of thing. I don't want to like think about it all up until that point. Right. So I, I definitely had really great group of friends that were telling me you know this is what you're meant to do mm. keep pushing don't 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 stop till you get there and I mean I've had you know clients that they had no idea I wanted to go to vet school and they have told me you should you should think about being a vet and that just uh-huh. makes you smile on the inside yeah. knowing that that without knowing what your goals are they they can see that in you yeah and I'm sure plenty of people can relate to that because whenever you hear someone say you're going to be a great vet, um, rather, whether they know that's where you're going or not. It's just, it's it's a really good feeling. It yeah, makes
1: you, it validates all the hard work and right. passion that they don't even know about. So, I yeah. can imagine, yep. I could imagine that because people at work just, they they like, you're so young, how old are you? That's not what I get. I don't get you, will be a great bet. I get you're so young, how old are you? Um, I guess I can't complain about that. But I agree as far as like the support system, like my dad and my aunt, like my biggest fans, like and my biggest support too, um I feel like my dad feels like I can't do any wrong and even with my application process like we'll get to that point later like even with the ups and downs on it he still was like do you know who you are like you were you're destined to be something I don't care if it's like a deep sea fisherman like whatever you're gonna do you're gonna be great in it so having that extra boost like it kind of like lights fire under your ass and you're like yeah yeah i can do this like let's go get it that's really really good i'm happy to hear yeah. that for you
0: and then i think also um i maybe just mentioned like obviously the emotional support is really important but also like financial support is also really important when it comes to the podcast just because i don't mean i applied to do, like 10 and that was very pricey so like i definitely need to do like yeah 10? 10. 10, I don't know what else. I'm about. Because some,
1: it's like you have the MCAS application fee, then you have the supplemental application mm-hmm. fee. Yeah, whatever. not all the 10 had supplemental, but yeah. But still, and then you got to pay. No, to it was over $1,000. You got to pay to send transcripts, mm-hmm. you got to pay to send your GRE score. Yeah. I don't know. I think I was like, my you know, first, it was my, I applied um,
0: once, and that was like 10 schools. And so, oh. like, I only got into one. So, I mean, I didn't need to apply to all of those, but that's fine. Literally like, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because wow. I remember I did three and spent damn near seven hundred dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm saying like,
0: luckily I had my family was like, already here we go. Like you know, like I don't know if we do this again next time we don't get in. But wow. yeah, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I don't know what was my reasoning for that. I mean, think it just like. I think it just like trying to avoid having to reapply. And plus, I don't really, you know, like I don't really have like, um, as far as like, a place, like a, I'm kind of like a nomad. I don't really have like a home state. So I'm just like, you know what? Just throw it out there. Let's see where, where I could get in. Kind of, you know, like, so
1: yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> was like, oh. That's a lot. That's a lot.
2: Yeah, that that's actually what made me hone in on certain schools was the fact that it costs so much to apply. So I'm like, I'm not even gonna bother with schools that I probably have minimal chance with, uh, because I mean, there might be one or two that may, you know, that you know, they find a a person that, oh, this person's great. They may not meet all our requirements, but we'd like to have them. But mm-hmm. I just, I I was trying to set myself up. So I that definitely made a decision on how many schools I applied to for yeah. sure. The financial mm-hmm. side is a huge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: And I mean, I, I don't think I had 10 on my list that were just like blind like picks. It was like, you know, we all, if we, we look at the the requirements, the GPA requirements, GRU requirement, you, you know, kind of like our chances. So like, I think the ones that I did have on my, my list were, I thought that, okay, this could happen, but it didn't happen. So
1: yeah. So it like, wasn't like
0: super just, you know, out, out of the blue, but yeah.
1: I organized the way that I applied to schools because um, usually whenever Vencast starts opening up their applications they have like a pdf list of all the different schools and then like their requirements like in all the states even the ones the ones that are um AVMA certified too so the ones that are out of country that follow the certification so I remember I was just walking around with this huge packet and then I would just like go through like because my biggest thing was courses like what courses that they need for me to have because that's where I started at because if I didn't have the course I wasn't taking anything additional I'm sorry I wanted to go to course, business yeah. I didn't know that but I was not about to shell out money for an additional course if this program doesn't need for me to take it so I wasn't going to do it so I was looking through the courses that um, were accepted or needed and then I narrowed down from there and started looking more into it um, and then SGU came across, and then I was like, hmm, I like them, they sent this, is, and then it's on an island, hmm, and they're AVMA accredited, hmm, okay, <laughs> went to a webinar, and so I definitely, and I, I really enjoyed the webinar, um, and so I was like, you know what, this seems like a legit program, like, you know how people just think if you go in-state, like, that's the only way to go, like, I don't know why, but like, whenever I went to, I went to Texas A&M for undergrad, so if you were pre-vet, then you were either applying to Texas a Vet School or somewhere in the United States, not outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that tunnel vision kind of threw me off until I had a conversation with uh, my academic advisor, my fresh this is my freshman year, mind you, second semester of my freshman year. I just got my toes in the water and lady told me that I wasn't gonna go to vet school. So it like completely shattered my world because I'm thinking, damn, I'm not going to go to vet school. What the hell am I going to do? And so instead of like kind of sending me in a direction to make, you know, do better so I can get there. It was, why don't you alter your career path? And it's like, no, but I want to go to vet school. Why would I alter my career path if that's what I want to do? So once that tunnel vision was broken, I saw that there were limitless directions that I could have went. And so it's like at any point during your application process, did you feel as if like you were just like going after something that was seeming unattainable after like the constant deny, deny, deny?
2: Yeah, I would say on my third round, I, I definitely started getting that feeling. Um, I I also had had, it was more when I was closer to my first go at it that I had naysayers, well, it costs a lot to go to school. And I said, I am aware of this. That is why, like, I'm not doing this because I'm trying to go to school cheap. I'm doing right. it because it's my passion and that's what I want to do with my life. And it's not like school's going to be expensive regardless of what I do. So mm-hmm. what I want to do with my life, it matters more that I love what I'm doing, not what I'm doing specifically. Right. So, and then by the third time, you know, you know, you start to get a little, okay, I was getting you know obviously you don't time doesn't stop so you're getting older and you're starting to think maybe I'm not meant necessarily, but I'm gonna keep trying just in case and and then the third cycle came and then I was I, I definitely had a really hard time with it um, coming out of a place of thinking that this was what I should be doing with my life mm-hmm. um, because I had been a tech for so long and I knew that that wasn't a lifelong career for me mm-hmm. so I knew that I needed to, do something differently and but then I was like maybe I'm not meant to be you know doing this and I don't know what when exactly it happened but it might have been the influence of the the colleagues or the vets that I was working with but um I just started feeling I started saying stuff that was more oh I bet you this is going on with the animal and it just kind of hit me like wow I actually am trying to figure out what's going on with the animal, not just treating it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I wanna know what's causing these problems. And I almost got a reaffirmation, like, this is what you should be doing, keep okay. going, you know? And then the fourth cycle, it was just something where it was. I kind of had the mentality of, okay, here we go. If this doesn't work out this time, we need to think hard on some things. Like, is this worth continuing once more? You know, I was not against applying again but I also was realizing, or do I need to find a new path that is something that's more appropriate for me at the time, You know, just because things aren't working out the way I originally planned.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and I have two questions. So to follow up on the question you asked you about, um, I guess, how you felt as far as keeping keep going. And then I wanted to ask, like, do you think, aside from the support from your family and friends, and then obviously you your friend, what else kept you motivated in like, your journey of applying?
2: You know, it's hard to pinpoint what specifically kept me motivated. I just knew that the passion I had in my heart was not something you can make up. Yeah. Um, You know, when I went to work every day and I felt good because I was making a difference somehow, whether it was a small or a big difference. Yeah. And I knew that that was going to be what I was meant to do with my life. Um, You know, that's really what kept me going, uh, knowing that. This is this is what you're meant to do. You've wanted to do this forever. You're gonna have da- you're gonna have times where it seems like it's it's not possible. But as long as you persevere and keep going, you're you're gonna you're gonna have success. So.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really special because like I all three of us work prior to school. And I mean, you're speaking to this and i I can really, I don't know if your are can to, but definitely people in vet med working, um, I definitely feel like we when we're at work, we feel like we're working in our purpose. And like I think that's it's so it's just super, super cool, just like, um, you know, I like I said here at my friend's house and she's in a meeting work and um they're doing an icebreaker for a meeting and you hear you young people who are in the working for this company and they're like, Oh, my dream job is somewhat da-da-da. So it's like they're working currently in, like this making great salaries, but they're not doing the dream job. I'm like, wow, we're like in a special place where we're actually like working to like we'll be in our dream jobs pretty soon. so I think that's really cool. So, yeah. Um, and then I wanted to ask you too, you mentioned like, I guess you said that being a tech didn't seem like a lifelong career choice for you. Like, is that what you said? And like, wanted to like why Why did you, yeah, why, why was that?
2: So it never was. Uh, mm-hmm. Being a tech was always to get experience for vet school. It right. was, it, it started out with that. Um, Obviously, I enjoyed doing what I was doing. The type of technician work I was doing was uh, addictive, mm-hmm. so I, I did enjoy going to work and working and and doing the things that I was doing. Um, you know, physically, it's very hard. Not that being a veterinarian is not physically demanding, but techs do a lot of the you know restraint and getting on the ground and all that, and it's hard. Okay. It wears on your body. Um, you know, a lot of The stresses that come along with being a tech, you know, they're not always highly regarded at every clinic. Um, Uh So when you go home and you're questioning, am I doing the right thing? Because the people I work with are not making me feel like I'm doing the right thing. Um, And, you know, I had to rise above that and, and just remind myself like, they're just, that's just their personality, and you have to move forward from that. Um, but I did know that, like, I was meant for higher education in some way. Right. So, if that school hadn't have been a thing, I probably was going to definitely look into getting a master's. So, I could still do something effective, you know, whether it be like in education or in the corporate world doing something. But I always knew that it would involve animals somehow, um, you know. So, I, I even had some interest in behavioral stuff like training dogs and things yeah. like that. So, that was also kind of on the list. Like, do I? start working on behavior and training because that's something I can do as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely kept my options open, but knowing that the main goal was still always going to be better vet school. So Right.
0: Cool. And I think you answered, we had another question for you, though, yeah. as far as I could back up, and but you just told us. So That was going to
1: question too, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, what is, do you have, how did you think about specific like, um, master's degrees that you're like going to seek after just like just curiosity
2: I was kind of all over the place with that because I didn't know if like getting a business degree would make sense it it just really if that were going to be the situation I was going to do a lot more investigating into what makes the most sense because you know a master's in biology might not have been the best choice for what type of jobs I wanted but like a master's in business might help based on my undergrad background, it might help to have that. And then I could have a lot more opportunities for myself. So I didn't pick anything specifically that I was, but I was definitely, you know, getting input from people I worked with that had gotten masters and that were, you know, doing different things just to see, because the reality is anymore, you have to have at least a masters for many positions out there. It back, back when I was in high school, um, having a college degree was actually pretty prestigious. Not that it's not now, but it, it was better. It, you got better opportunities back then by being able to have a college degree than now it seems more like, you know, master's or P, PhD or doctorate. You know, those. it seems like we're trending yeah. on the upward swing of needing higher education. Definitely, so. yeah.
0: What was your undergrad
2: degree? Uh, it was a uh, Bachelor of Science in Animal Bioscience. Mm. And the reason. Where did you go you went to? You go that? You I went to Penn State. University.
1: Oh, oh, cool. oh uh, I used to love their volleyball team.
2: <laughs> oh, their volleyball team's the bomb. I love those oh, girls. And I used uh, to. God. <laughs> when they would show up at like a. So they're taller than me. I'm very tall and they're taller than me. So like when they would show up at a party or a bar or something, I always would just be my people, my people are here. Cause you know, when you're the tall girl at a, at a bar, everyone's always gawking and whatnot. But then you have some people there with you that are the same around the same height and you feel a little better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. Yeah.
2: Wow, and the reason so I went with so Penn State had many programs, but they had primarily the pre-vet track was animal science and animal bioscience. The difference between the two is animal bioscience had a little bit more on the side of the science classes. Um, so, and I was very into science, so I decided to challenge myself a little bit more. Not to say that the animal science degree was, you know, a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: No, I was just saying A&M's pre-vet track is only biomedical science. That's it. I mean, let me not say that. They have animal science and all the other jazz, but like whenever I signed or applied and said I wanted to be pre-vet, it was my undergrad degree would be biomedical science. And I mean, it covers covers the foundation for your prerequisites for what you need for vet school. So I couldn't be mad, Um, but you know i could have done without a couple classes but that's
2: not i could have done without calc two i think it was calc two and i i was that student that was like can i ask why we're taking this yeah and they said well for these three jobs you may need it And i said i'm doing none of those three jobs can i just not take this It's so <laughs> annoying
1: like why do you I, I don't need math statistics why do i need to see why do i need to learn this i hated statistics and then i was upset at the fact that i had to take history. First of all, I understand that it's a basic prereq, like just for everyone, but I literally have taken history from uh, first grade social studies till I graduated high school. Why do I have to take more? I'm tired of learning about the same story, but in different mm, I variations. Take- <laughs> I don't want to hear it I anymore. Take- I didn't take undergrad history. Wow, because we definitely had to take it. Freaking state yep. and local annoying government history all just why i don't care about u.s history anymore can y'all teach me yeah i remember wrong? that i
2: needed like i think it was like 12 credits of history i can't remember it was some silly wow. and My i God. was just going are you serious yes <laughs> I, really strange
1: it was so it's so annoying it's so annoying i, like, I don't understand i don't even care about this that was on your, tr- like your track. Yes. For your I had to have case. government, history. Really state yes. and local go- yep. uh, government or state and nation government, whatever. Use history, like back in the gap. And then like current, like just why? Oh, why I can't, can't really... we spend time or a lot of the people that actually care about history? Why can't they participate in that? Why do I have to? Because I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. But um, okay. So
0: when we talk about stuff like that. It makes me really like envy are like people who go to school um, or past post high school um outside the u.s because like for example like sgu is a perfect example like they have the vet track so you do like it's like the whole thing eight years no eight years or six years
2: they take out i think, two it's, years. I think it's seven isn't it six you do three seven. years yeah oh,
0: but i'm sure none of them take history like they're just doing like their undergrad stuff and then they do yeah, they basically sure like my friend, she's in dental school overseas, and like her program was I think five years. And um, but basically she did undergrad in America, but people who didn't do undergrad, like they're doing their undergrad with their dental school in conjunction. Oh, wow. So they save
1: money, they save time, you know. I mean she didn't save time, but people who are there they do. That's pretty cool. I think that's also like just like lack of people knowing the options that you have. Because like, I'm first generation college student and first, like the first person in my family to even give a much of a care about animals enough to pursue a degree to be a doctor of veterinary medicine. So I had no, idea with applying for Vimcast and everything like that, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Like how you say your first round, you were just doing it just to see how you would go. My first round of applications was me applying with everything I had within me blindly. Um, so, like you were saying, getting your letters of recommendation that was the most that was very difficult for me because they say you have to have one from a vet one from x, y and Z, like a minimum of three, I believe, um mm-hmm. no, three, but a minimum of one being the veterinarian writing one of them. so mm-hmm. I also, with going into veterinary medicine, had no idea that you needed the experience until like my second year in college. And like talking to other classmates about how I wanted to apply to vet school and all the other stuff. And then they're like, how much experience do you have? And I'm like, I've taken my dogs to the vet, you know, I've talked to the vet. (laughs) And it's like, you need, you need experience. Like you need to be in there shadowing. So I tried getting into like the pre-vet society that they had there only for the sole purpose of finding a way to network because the people that I went to school with, we're going to leave that for a different time. But um just literally there for opportunities. And every time they would send an email, I was trying to get that together. So I literally was trying everything in the sun to get that experience. And I wish I had known prior to because if I had known I needed that much experience and trying to get around or like how you said you made sure you got your feet wet with every avenue possible. I would have been doing that because I really wanted to do that. But people just you don't know. Especially like if you're fresh out and like the first person in your family to try to pursue something as prestigious is that you're not going to get advice um, because some, your family doesn't know and it's not their fault. It's just like, it's just more time that you have to take to actively look into what it is that you're doing. So with Vimcast, it was just, it, and it's a, the going through each part of the application is dense within itself. So it, it's, it's intense. It's difficult. Um but I, I like I just encourage people to make sure you take the time to look into your every avenue and option, because if you limit yourself to just one thing, it, it, I feel like the process will be way more emotionally triggering and difficult mentally than if you like go into it with the open mindset of like anything can happen with it.
2: Yeah,
0: and how you were saying with the recommendation letters, and Mel was saying when she, in like, the opening of this interview, um, basically how important it was. And, like, it can be difficult to have people who are, like, are like, have DVMs or just for other professionals who kind of know you on a personal basis. Because that's what it comes down to. They have to know you personally. Too, so it's, like, not just a vague, like, yeah, she came in here a few times a week and she did what we'd asked her to do. Like, like you know, they need to speak to who Mel is, who Taylor is. Um, so maybe we can, like, provide some tips or advice and like how to like just steps and how to acquire mentors, I guess, and like how to requesting letters and how to like, how we, how we kind of solidify personal relationships.
1: If we have any. Yeah. ML- yeah. yeah. Okay. First did.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, all I did is I started to, you, you have to look past some of the, Um, I'm trying to think of the right word for this. You have to look past, like you're going to work with people that, or volunteer with people that may not have your best interests in mind um, and they are not quiet about it. Um, So you have to look past that. That is probably not a good person to write you a letter of recommendation. You definitely need to weed out those people that you think are going to highlight you in your best light. You do not want to get people that are going to go. I mean, they, just like Karis was saying, they came in the clinic, they did a few things, they were really, they were really nice. Like you want them to speak on your character, you want them to be able to give a, a good, you know, depiction of the type of person you are and not just the standard, you know, I I scripted this off I, off of a template and I don't really know much about this person. Um also keep your options open. Um obviously there's the requirement for a veterinarian. My best suggestion for that is just shadow at a veterinarian. There are so many vets that are willing to let students come in and watch what they do and talk to them, talk to the staff, you know, get to know them and say, hey, hey you know, my, this is where I'm at. Those are my goals. What do you, do you guys have any recommendations, any suggestions? Um, If you really click with that clinic, you could talk to them about potentially working part time if if they need the help or, you know, just coming in to volunteer to get get more experience. Um, I was always a big fan of volunteering. I did a lot because I was fortunate to have the financial stability through parents and whatnot to um, be able to do that. And it was typically more when I was like high school, early college. But, you know, it's so important whether it's paid or not just to get in there and really get, get your you know dive in head first and, and just see if this is what you want to be doing, but like, don't leave out, you know, I had a letter written by a very good client of mine um, that I, she spoke very highly of me and I knew that she, it wasn't going to be just say, Melissa's great. She's wonderful. She should be a vet. I knew that she was going to speak eloquently about me and and talk about how the skills that I have and that, you know, and all those things. I also have had professors. Don't forget your professors mm-hmm. because they're going to know mm-hmm. you on a level that other people may not. Yeah. Um, so get your professors involved, get co-workers involved, get, you know, you can't have family members write one, which makes sense. I get it. Um. Because they would definitely say, yes, you should accept this person. Um. But definitely get someone out there that you feel like you've built a connection with and, they're going to write, uh, I was always told, ask someone who's going to write you a positive letter of recommendation. Don't ask someone that you're not sure or you're on the fence about because they, it could go either way. Yeah. So, um, and then this last cycle, I actually worked with a, I uh, rode around with a cow vet for a little while. Mm-hmm. And first day I hadn't even said anything. Now he knew what my goal was and because his wife had helped me. She's also a veterinarian. Had helped me with my letter of recommendation before. So he knew because of her, but like the first day we were sitting in the truck and he goes, so I'll write a letter of recommendation for you. And I just kind of was like, oh, uh, okay. You know, I, you know, not thinking tw- it, it, it was just the thought that, cause I started writing with him in the spring and it was nice knowing that without knowing much about me, other than what probably his wife has told him that he still was like, I think that you're doing the right thing and you're on the right track. And And then he was willing to write it after I rode with him for a few months. So that was really great too. So I just say, keep your options open. Think of, you know, ask people like, who was your letter of recommendation or, Mm -hmm. you know, do you have anybody that you think would be a good mentor, you know, or if they know someone that they can help you network. I mean, that's also word of mouth is the best way to get out there and, and, sell yourself. So if you have people that work in the field or, you know, someone that knows someone that works in the field, get in contact with them and you never know what will happen.
1: Right. I wanted to touch on like your first point or your first word of advice as far as finding someone that will speak highly of you. Um, because I know whenever I was applying to SGU, they wanted me to get like additional supplemental hours. And I was working at the this is right after I graduated college and I had found a job like around the corner from my house. It was supposed to be a kennel tech slash vet assistant, but the vet assistant part never came. So I really hated it there because I was just doing kennel stuff. But I was trying my best, putting my face my face forward. Doing everything that they needed, all the other jazz. So I asked the manager because she, like, because she, she had to confirm my hours because she was the only person that had them. And so with the sheet, it had like your hours there, um, what the duties it was that you were doing, x, y, and z. And then there at the bottom, it was a comment section, um, and it said not in parentheses. It explicitly said not required. It's oh, no, excuse me, optional. And this woman took the time out of her day to write, Taylor doesn't speak to the clients whenever they come to pick up their pet and X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. And I was just looking at the paper, like, why would you write that? This is something that I am doing for, this is going to be something that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And you're basically tarnishing me and lying because first of all, I do speak to some of these people. Sometimes these people don't even look at me half the time when I'm bringing their animal to them and then they have all this stuff. So yeah, no, sometimes I don't, I'm sorry that every time you expect for me to say something, I don't do that, no, I'm sorry. So I had to literally take basically that, that paper put down the hours because I I have verification of how many hours that I have filled in my own responsibilities that I actually did do. And I asked one of the doctors, could you please sign this for me? And then I turned it in. So I definitely agree with that because people like people are not right. People will really try to do whatever they can do to, to keep you from going as far as you can go. Um, And you wouldn't think that that's true but with that experience I saw firsthand like this woman is actually wicked and I'm really finna leave and here's my two weeks notice no I'm not staying I don't care if I haven't been here three months I'm leaving so I also agree with like getting your feet wet and getting out there but I feel like with doing that too you have to be sure that the place that you're going to get this experience from is also trying to see you in because i've shadowed an equine vet um traveling and she was like i don't think you're going to like it you don't seem at, is, as interested in it and it's like little do you know i actually really like horses <laughs> but you're already putting something on me that you have no idea about so i feel like finding good company is very important and a lot of if you try to go to a place and they say they don't offer shadowing that's probably not a place that you would want to be at anyway because you want to try yeah. to find somebody or a doctor that will be willing and excited to pour into you because they went through this process. They should know that it's not easy and they, they know the importance of getting this experience before you even go into it. So like yeah. I worked, um, I took a year off, but it wasn't intentional. I just missed the application cycle. So I had a year off with um, in between applying and I started working at a um overnight in, um, emergency medicine and like I built a really good rapport with the doctors and even went as far as asking one of them to be my mentor um, because of just how well versed he's been like he's been to South Africa he's worked with big cats he's done so many different things and he has like he said networking he knows people that specialized in surgery and knows that I want to do that so building those connections and being able to step outside of yourself because I'm a shy person believe it or not I'm very shy and I don't like talking to people if I've never met you before because it, it makes me very anxious so like they kind of pushed me to basically talk to them and so once I got out of myself and like allowed for them to see me if it had came down to writing a recommendation letter i needed one from them i know i had like four different options which is really good that you just have that availability so i feel like my yeah. biggest thing is finding somebody or a clinic that is going to really pour into you teach you allow you and know, allow you to learn and know that you're learning and not chastise you because you're learning that's very important um and that's really all i can say about oh, this yeah. As far as advice, <laughs> I wanted to say, um, how you are both basically, like for anybody who's like pre-vet who
0: hasn't, isn't applying, like maybe, maybe the next time they'll apply or people who are just starting undergrad, like how you guys are saying that it's just important to, um, just have in your head that the recommendation letter are a thing, they're going to be coming soon, they're going to be important and just engage with professors. And like, I think it's so cool that you said you had a client do your, one of your records. I think so I would would never even thought of that, but duh, that's so smart because they see you in professional light and it's not like, like a power dynamic kind of thing so it's probably easy you know so that's really i think that's really cool like i'm sure many people don't think of that i don't think about that so yeah definitely just um like you guys are saying i'm just reiterating what you guys said basically um i think if you engage it'll be easier like when you go to these places to shadow or something you won't be a fly on the wall because you will feel like there's like vibes between people that you're trying to get help from so yeah um and i wanted to ask you taylor you said that you asked one of the vets um to be your mentor, like, what was that conversation like? Like, how do you approach him?
1: Like, what did you say? Because
0: okay, I'm sure, yeah. like, a lot of people, are like, oh, I don't know what to say. Like, I want to ask, for, like, you know, what do you say?
1: So, like, I when I asked him, I had already known him for some time. So I was just like, I was up late one night, and I was thinking, I'm going to ask Jared to be my my mentor. His name is Doctor Sekar but I call him Jared because that's just the dynamic that we have. And so I was like, you know, I've always wanted to have a mentor like I've, I've even went as far as reaching out for mentorship in undergrad and didn't get that so I knew that I I'm the type of person that I really enjoy tough learning in a sense um because my mother's stern my parents are stern whenever it comes to like academics and like pushing myself to be the best that I am and SACAR is also that and even at work he would ask me questions like okay what antibiotics cause um can cause um cns defects and xyz if it's if it's in toxic amounts and i'm sitting there like i guess i have homework like he he would actively give me (laughs) things to do and so i appreciated that because out of all the doctors even though they're they really did enjoy me being there and they liked how i worked or whatever he was the only one that really just went Oh, I lied. Dr. Enrique did too, but whatever. Secar did it more because I worked with SACAR more. Um, so I was just like, you know, I've never had a mentor in this profession. I obviously think highly of you in this regard. Would you be, I would be honored if you would allow me to be a mentee to you in X, Y, and Z. And so then he responded back to me and said, no, I'm okay. And then he's like, just kidding. Of course, I'd love to. So... Like whenever he's at work like he I told him like hey I need to practice with looking at blood blood work results, can you send me some whenever you have a case and so he'll send me. Like results of blood work and he'll say Okay, what do you think is going on like he's it's just about like having I feel like it's easier when you have the rapport with the person, because like I said, it was easy because I we already had that established relationship, but I was still nervous because I didn't know how he was gonna take it, um, but it was still easier. But I feel like if you're going to be doing it firsthand, I feel like it may be best if you kind of like look into or kind of watch the person for a little bit before you take that approach and then just see how they interact with their staff first like technicians and receptionists and everything like that because you can also tell how a doctor is based on how they interact with their staff of course yeah so So basically just recognizing yeah and then like it has to be a person that you feel like would be best for you like Sekar is a hard ass and I appreciate his hard assness because it's going to be situations where everything is not going to be sweet it's not going to be rainbows Butterflies. She's gonna get real, and nobody has time for feelings to get involved. So I really, I'm trying to push myself to be in that state, and I know that he would be able to do that. So that's why I went about asking him.
0: Cool. Thanks for sharing. I wanted to. Um, I think as far as like our no questions, you are pretty much done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, But I wanted to ask both of you guys and share too. But I think it'd be pretty helpful to like kind of reflect back on what we thought was our weakest part of our applications. I mean, obviously, we're where we are now, where we should be, we're in school, where you got in. But just thinking back, because then that could probably help people who are listening and think like, okay, so that was their weak part, like how could I fix that and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, I can start. So like for me, I don't think, my experience was pretty um, fine. Like I think I had a, a lot of experience and a variety of experience. And I think the weakest part for me was probably just my GPA. Um, I think my GPA for undergrad was like three point four, so like not horrible, but not like it wasn't three It was over three point five, right? So, like, but I mean, I applied to ten schools, and I think it didn't about one. So, I mean, obviously that played a role. So, my like GPA, because a lot of these schools require like three point eight, so you know, so my GPA, and then I think my GRE scores were my lowest, my my weakest points.
1: Do you want to know what my GPA was that I applied with? A three point one six. That was my GPA. A 3.1. The fact that you had a 3.4, if I had a 3.4 applying, I would be walking with my nose in the air because it's still good. (laughs) Like, that's... I'm just saying, that's probably, like, that. it wasn't 3.8. Yeah, I mean... I think that's also a good token of advice too. It's like it doesn't matter what your GPA is. It's like all the what comes behind. Like some some places have like, you know, very strict GPA requirements. But I feel like it's what everything that comes with the application itself that kind of helps. Because like I had a 3.16, but here I am in second year of vet school, you know? It's that's that's just uh, killing me. the game. We might kill it. Whatever. <laughs> the game is trying to kill me this turn, but it's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. What about you, Mel? What do you think your weakest part? Of your
2: um. So definitely GPA was a struggle. Um. But you know, I think again, you make you make the best out of everything, and you try to look at the bright side of everything. So there's always options out there. Um. So don't feel like that is going to hold you back because you know, there's ways around that. There really is. Um, And I had to realize that that was a hard lesson to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I realized that it's, you know, just because your GPA is a certain number doesn't at all make you the person that you are, or or even show how intelligent you are, because it's a really poor way of showing someone's intelligence. But um, (sighs) probably my weakest point, in my opinion, besides that, to make it not about numbers is I definitely struggled with my personal statement for quite a while. Um, each cycle I had to, you know, proofread it, revamp it, have people read it, make sure. And it sounded good, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't that extra, you know, like, Hey, this person's a great candidate. And mm-hmm. I had a really hard time trying. Cause again, I don't like talking about myself. So I had to have people that knew me, read it and make sure that it didn't sound like all jibber jabberish and weird because I don't know how to put words together when it's you know whatever now if I had to write a narrative about anybody else I could do it easy peasy no problem but when it's a self-reflection it's a little hard Um, and I also struggled with finding something that really that made me stand out because a lot of what I did I felt like was normal so Mm -hmm. for me I'm like well what's different about me you know what I mean? Like I, I did this, 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 and this, I I know a bunch of other people that did the same thing. So I think that was definitely my weakest point for some time. And then this last cycle, I really focused on that a lot because obviously you apply a bunch of times and Mm -hmm. your experience isn't going to change a whole lot once you get towards that fourth, you know, round of application. Mm -hmm. But, um, You know, I want to make sure that I made a solid personal statement because I knew that that was something I needed to work on from the prior times, just on my own, Mm. that if that was stronger, the other things wouldn't matter. You know, if they could see who I was just on a little blurb about myself, then that's all I needed. Plus, you know, given all the other factors that go along with the application. But, you know, I, I just think it's so important, you know. That you look at the whole picture and not just oh this person fits in our cute little mold and right. we're going to make cookies out of you like it's yeah. it's very important that you have you know a, a wide um you know idea of what the right candidate should be
1: right yeah that's that's a
0: good point definitely have a holistic picture of who you are as an applicant and put your best face forward like, that's a good point I feel like we got so many gems from you Melissa thank you so much I feel like
1: yeah I really enjoyed talking to you of and like learning more about both of all of us like you Taylor too so yeah yeah, yeah Melissa thank you for taking yeah, this time out of your busy schedule um because like that is just and then just to be like be able to come back and talk through that because I know like it was it's ups and downs through it but to have to relive something that you know you were really gunning for and like had so many instances that were like shit, like, this is not going where I need to go. And then you have that revolutionary moment. And the reason why I really thought about you as a person to interview anyways, because when we went to go eat with Najito, I remember you talking about it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. damn, I am very admired by her. I I admire that because, like, to continue going, you know, some people would have, like, stopped after the second time or even the third time, but you continually persisted after it and that's so admirable and like that's just so fucking awesome yeah like, I, I, I don't i i don't have any like any words to just show like you're fucking great like you're so awesome for that like literally yeah. so thank you thank so you. much for sharing that with us and thank you for giving us the time to hear yeah we enjoyed talking
2: to you i hope you enjoyed talking to us of course yeah, I- yeah you guys are pretty great so oh. <laughs> it was an easy it was an easy uh, yeah i'd love to do it when i when you guys came to me so i i definitely enjoyed sharing and and i think it's important that people get all kinds of perspectives so that they know that mm. there is there's always going to be weird ways that you get to where you're getting but right. you know it's it, it's and, it, and it's going to happen when it's time mm. and i knew that i knew that you know I always told myself it sounds cliche but if someone will just give me a chance I will show them yeah and that's like been the phrase that has kept me going for so long it's just if someone will just give me the chance I will show them and that applies to many things in life Mm -hmm. and jobs you know friendships whatever if someone just gives me the chance they're gonna get to see the real me and that is one of the most amazing things that they can see you know in my opinion not you know I just, I, I, really, if you get to see the real me, it's, it's a good thing because that means that you know all is well in the universe, yeah. <laughs> and you know, so I'm, I'm very humbled. I appreciate that you guys, you know, asked me to do this, and yeah. it was great being able to share. Um, I'm, I'm glad that we could have this chat.
0: Yeah, same. And I'm excited um, for us and the rest of our medical journey, and I hope we can have like have you on again and talk about other stuff. So yeah. Oh yeah for sure anytime happy to happy to come back great so with that thank you guys for listening and tuning in to the episode what episode number is this for (laughs) episode four of friends and vet med um we'll see you guys next time